Part One of Chapter Three of Pilot's Handbook. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Pilot's Handbook of Aeronautical Knowledge by the FAA. Chapter Three, Part One. Principles of Flight Introduction This chapter examines the fundamental physical laws governing the forces acting on an aircraft in flight, and what effect these natural laws and forces have on the performance characteristics of aircraft. To control an aircraft, be it an airplane, helicopter, glider, or balloon, the pilot must understand the principles involved and learn to use or counteract these natural forces. Structure of the Atmosphere The atmosphere is an envelope of air that surrounds the earth and rests upon its surface. It is as much a part of the earth as the seas or the land, but air differs from land and water as it is a mixture of gases. It has mass, weight, and indefinite shape. The atmosphere is composed of 78% nitrogen, 21% oxygen, and 1% other gases, such as argon or helium. Some of these elements are heavier than others. The heavier elements, such as oxygen, settle to the surface of the earth while the lighter elements are lifted up to the region of higher altitude. Most of the atmosphere's oxygen is contained below 35,000 feet altitude. Air, like fluid, is able to flow and change shape when subjected to even minute pressures because it lacks strong molecular cohesion. For example, gas completely fills any container into which it is placed, expanding or contracting to adjust its shape to the limits of the container. Atmospheric Pressure Although there are various kinds of pressure, pilots are mainly concerned with atmospheric pressure. It is one of the basic factors in weather changes, helps to lift an aircraft and actuates some of the important flight instruments. These instruments are the altimeter, airspeed indicator, vertical speed indicator, and manifold pressure gauge. Air is very light, but it has mass and is affected by the attraction of gravity. Therefore, like any other substance, it has weight, and because of its weight, it has force. Since it is a fluid substance, this force is exerted equally in all directions, and its effect on bodies within the air is called pressure. Under standard conditions at sea level, the average pressure exerted by the weight of the atmosphere is approximately 14.70 pounds per square inch psi of surface or 1,013.2 millibars, mb. 
its thickness is limited. Therefore, the higher the altitude, the less air there is above. For this reason, the weight of the atmosphere at 18,000 feet is one-half what it is at sea level. The pressure of the atmosphere varies with time and location. Due to the changing atmospheric pressure, a standard reference was developed. The standard atmosphere at sea level is a surface temperature of 59 degrees Fahrenheit, or 15 degrees Celsius, and a surface pressure of 29.92 inches of mercury inches hg or 1013.2 mb see figure 3-1 a standard temperature lapse rate is one in which the temperature decreases at the rate of approximately 3.5 degrees fahrenheit or 2 degrees celsius per thousand feet up to 36,000 feet, which is approximately negative 65 degrees Fahrenheit, or negative 55 degrees Celsius. Above this point, the temperature is considered constant up to 80,000 feet. A standard pressure lapse rate is one in which the pressure decreases at a rate of approximately 1 inch of mercury per 1,000 feet of altitude gain to 10,000 feet. See figure 3-2. The International Civil Aviation Organization, ICAO, has established this as a worldwide standard, and it is often referred to as International Standard Atmosphere, ISA, or ICAO Standard Atmosphere. Any temperature or pressure that differs from the standard lapse rates is considered non-standard temperature and pressure. Since aircraft performance is compared and evaluated with respect to the standard atmosphere, all aircraft instruments are calibrated for the standard atmosphere. In order to account properly for the non-standard atmosphere, certain related terms must be defined. Pressure altitude. Pressure altitude is the height above a standard datum plane, SDP, which is a theoretical level where the weight of the atmosphere is 29.92 inches of mercury, 1013.2 MB, as measured by a barometer. An altimeter is essentially a sensitive barometer calibrated to indicate altitude in the standard atmosphere. If the altimeter is set for 29.92 inches of mercury, SDP, the altitude indicated is the pressure altitude. As atmospheric pressure changes, the SDP may be below, at, or above sea level. Pressure altitude is important as a basis for determining airplane performance, as well as for assigning flight levels to airplanes operating at or above 18,000 feet. The pressure altitude can be determined by either of two methods. 1. Setting the barometric scale of the altimeter to 29.92 
and reading the indicated altitude. 2. Applying a correction factor to the indicated altitude according to the reported altimeter setting. Density altitude. SDP is a theoretical pressure altitude, but aircraft operate in a non-standard atmosphere and the term density altitude is used for correlating aerodynamic performance in the non-standard atmosphere. Density altitude is the vertical distance above sea level in the standard atmosphere at which a given density is to be found. The density of air has significant effects on the aircraft's performance because as air becomes less dense, it reduces power because the engine takes in less air, thrust because a propeller is less efficient in thin air, lift because the thin air exerts less force on the airfoils. Density altitude is pressure altitude corrected for non-standard temperature. As the density of the air increases, lower density altitude, aircraft performance increases, and conversely, as air density decreases, higher density altitude, aircraft performance decreases. A decrease in air density means a higher density altitude. An increase in air density means a lower density altitude. Density altitude is used in calculating aircraft performance because under standard atmospheric conditions, air at each level in the atmosphere not only has a specific density, its pressure altitude and density altitude identify the same level. The computation of density altitude involves consideration of pressure, pressure altitude, and temperature. Since aircraft performance data at any level is based upon air density under standard day conditions, such performance data apply to air density levels that may not be identical with altimeter indications. Under conditions higher or lower than standard, these levels cannot be determined directly from the altimeter. Density altitude is determined by first finding pressure altitude and then correcting this altitude for non-standard temperature variations. Since density varies directly with pressure and inversely with temperature, a given pressure altitude may exist for a wide range of temperature by allowing the density to vary. However, a known density occurs for any one temperature and pressure altitude. The density of the air has a pronounced effect on aircraft and engine performance. Regardless of the actual altitude at which the aircraft is operating, it will perform as though it were operating at an altitude equal to the existing density altitude. Air density is affected by changes in altitude, temperature, and humidity. High density altitude refers to thin air, while low density altitude refers to dense air. The conditions that result in a high density altitude are high elevations, 
low atmospheric pressures, high temperatures, high humidity, or some combination of these factors. Lower elevations, high atmospheric pressure, low temperatures, and low humidity are more indicative of low-density altitude. Effect of Pressure on Density Since air is a gas, it can be compressed or expanded. When air is compressed, a greater amount of air can occupy a given volume. Conversely, when pressure on a given volume of air is decreased, the air expands and occupies a greater space. At a lower pressure, the original column of air contains a smaller mass of air. The density is decreased because density is directly proportional to pressure. If the pressure is doubled, the density is doubled. If the pressure is lowered, the density is lowered. This statement is true only at a constant temperature. Effect of temperature on density. Increasing the temperature of a substance decreases its density. Conversely, decreasing the temperature increases the density. Thus, the density of air varies inversely with temperature. This statement is true only at a constant pressure. In the atmosphere, both temperature and pressure decrease with altitude, and have conflicting effects upon density. However, the fairly rapid drop in pressure as altitude is increased usually has the dominating effect. Hence, pilots can expect the density to decrease with altitude. Effect of humidity, moisture, on density. The preceding paragraphs refer to air that is perfectly dry. In reality, it is never completely dry. The small amount of water vapor suspended in the atmosphere may be almost negligible under certain conditions, but in other conditions, humidity may become an important factor in the performance of an aircraft. Water vapor is lighter than air. Consequently, moist air is lighter than dry air. Therefore, as the water content of the air increases, the air becomes less dense, increasing density altitude and decreasing performance. It is lightest or least dense when, in a given set of conditions, it contains the maximum amount of water vapor. Humidity, also called relative humidity, refers to the amount of water vapor contained in the atmosphere, and is expressed as a percentage of the maximum amount of water vapor the air can hold. This amount varies with temperature. Warm air holds more water vapor, while colder air holds less. Perfectly dry air that contains no water vapor has a relative humidity of 0%, while saturated air, which cannot hold any more water vapor, has a relative humidity of 
humidity alone is usually not considered an important factor in calculating density altitude and aircraft performance, but it does contribute. As temperature increases, the air can hold greater amounts of water vapor. When comparing two separate air masses, the first warm and moist, both qualities tending to lighten the air, and the second cold and dry, both qualities making it heavier, the first must be less dense than the second. Pressure, temperature, and humidity have a great influence on aircraft performance because of their effect upon density. There are no rules of thumb that can be easily conveyed, but the effect of humidity can be determined using online formulas. In the first case, the pressure is needed at the altitude for which density altitude is being sought. Using figure 3-2, select the barometric pressure closest to the associated altitude. As an example, the pressure at 8,000 feet is 22.22 inches of mercury. Using the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, NOAA, website, http colon slash slash www.srh.noaa.gov slash elp slash wxcalc slash densityaltitude.html for density altitude, enter the 22.22 for 8,000 feet in the station pressure window, entering a temperature of 80 degrees and a dew point of 75 degrees. The result is a density altitude of 11,564 feet. With no humidity, the density altitude would be almost 500 feet lower. Another site, http colon slash slash w-a-h-i-d-u-d-d-i-n dot net slash c-a-l-c slash density underscore altitude dot htm provides a more straightforward method of determining the effect of humidity on density altitude without using additional interpretive charts. In any case, the effects of humidity on density altitude include a decrease in overall performance in high humidity conditions. Theories in the Production of Lift Newton's Basic Laws of Motion The formulation of lift has historically been the adaptation over the past few centuries of basic physical laws. These laws although seemingly applicable to all aspects of lift, do not answer how lift is formulated. In fact, one must consider the many airfoils that are symmetrical, yet produce significant lift. The fundamental physical laws governing the forces acting upon an aircraft in flight were adopted from postulated theories developed before any human successfully flew an aircraft. The use of these physical laws 
grew out of the scientific revolution, which began in Europe in the 1600s. Driven by the belief the universe operated in a predictable manner, open to human understanding, many philosophers, mathematicians, natural scientists, and inventors spent their lives unlocking the secrets of the universe. One of the best known was Sir Isaac Newton, who not only formulated the law of universal gravitation, but also described the three basic laws of motion. Newton's First Law Every object persists in its state of rest or uniform motion in a straight line unless it is compelled to change that state by forces impressed on it. This means that nothing starts or stops moving until some outside force causes it to do so. An aircraft at rest on the ramp remains at rest until a force strong enough to overcome its inertia is applied. Once it is moving, its inertia keeps it moving, subject to the various other forces acting on it. These forces may add to its motion, slow it down, or change its direction. Newton's Second Law Force is equal to the change in momentum per change in time. For a constant mass, force equals mass times acceleration. When a body is acted upon by a constant force, its resulting acceleration is inversely proportional to the mass of the body, and is directly proportional to the applied force. This takes into account the factors involved in overcoming Newton's first law. It covers both changes in direction and speed, including starting up from rest, positive acceleration, and coming to a stop, negative acceleration or deceleration. Newton's third law. For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. In an airplane, the propeller moves and pushes back the air. Consequently, the air pushes the propeller, and thus the airplane, in the opposite direction, forward. In a jet airplane, the engine pushes a blast of hot gases backward. The force of equal and opposite reaction pushes against the engine and forces the airplane forward. Magnus Effect In 1852, the German physicist and chemist Heinrich Gustav Magnus, 1802-1870, made experimental studies of the aerodynamic forces on spinning spheres and cylinders. The effect had already been mentioned by Newton in 1672, apparently in regard to spheres or tennis balls. These experiments led to the discovery of the Magnus effect, which helps explain the theory of lift. Flow of air against a non-rotating cylinder If air flows against a cylinder that is not rotating, the flow of air above and below the cylinder is identical and the forces are the same. Figure 3-3a 
a rotating cylinder in a motionless fluid. In figure 3-3b, the cylinder is rotated clockwise and observed from the side while immersed in a fluid. The rotation of the cylinder affects the fluid surrounding the cylinder. The flow around the rotating cylinder differs from the flow around a stationary cylinder due to resistance caused by two factors, viscosity and friction. Viscosity. Viscosity is the property of a fluid or semi-fluid that causes it to resist flowing. This resistance to flow is measurable due to the molecular tendency of fluids to adhere to each other to some extent. High viscosity fluids resist flow. Low viscosity fluids flow easily. Similar amounts of oil and water poured down two identical ramps demonstrate the difference in viscosity. The water seems to flow freely while the oil flows much more slowly. An excellent website to demonstrate types of viscosity is found at the Cornell University website on viscosity, located at http colon slash slash www.geo.cornell.edu slash hawaii slash 220 slash pri slash viscosity dot html since molecular resistance to motion underlies viscosity grease is very viscous because its molecules resist flow hot lava is another example of a viscous fluid all fluids are viscous and have a resistance to flow whether this resistance is observed or not Air is an example of a fluid whose viscosity cannot be observed. Since air has viscosity properties, it will resist flow to some extent. In the case of a rotating cylinder within an immersed fluid, oil, water, or air, the fluid, no matter what it is, resists flowing over the cylinder's surface. Friction. Friction is the second factor at work when a fluid flows around a rotating cylinder. Friction is the resistance one surface or object encounters when moving over another, and exists between a fluid and the surface over which it flows. If identical fluids are poured down the ramp, they flow in the same manner and at the same speed. If one ramp's surface is coated with small pebbles, the flow down the two ramps differs significantly. The rough surface ramp impedes the flow of the fluid due to resistance from the surface, friction. It is important to remember that all surfaces, no matter how smooth they appear, are not smooth and impede the flow of a fluid. Both the surface of a wing and the rotating cylinder have a certain roughness, albeit at a microscopic level, causing resistance for a fluid to flow. This reduction in velocity of the airflow about a surface 
is caused by skin friction or drag. When passing over a surface, molecules actually adhere, stick, cling to the surface, illustrated by the rotating cylinder in a fluid that is not moving. Thus, 1. In the case of the rotating cylinder, air particles near the surface that resist motion have a relative velocity near zero. The roughness of the surface impedes their motion. 2. Due to the viscosity of the fluid, the molecules on the surface entrain or pull the surrounding flow above it in the direction of rotation due to the adhesion of the fluid to itself. There is also a difference in flow around the rotating cylinder and in flow around a non-rotating cylinder. The molecules at the surface of the rotating cylinder are not in motion relative to the cylinder. They are moving clockwise with the cylinder. Due to viscosity, these molecules entrain others above them, resulting in an increase in fluid flow in the clockwise direction. Substituting air for other fluids results in a higher velocity of air movement above the cylinder, simply because more molecules are moving in a clockwise direction. A rotating cylinder in a moving fluid. When the cylinder rotates in a fluid that is also moving, the result is a higher circulatory flow in the direction of the rotating cylinder. See figure 3-3C. By adding fluid motion, the magnitude of the flow increases. The highest differences of velocity are 90 degrees from the relative motion between the cylinder and the airflow. Additionally, as shown in figure 3-4, at point A, a stagnation point exists where the air stream impacts, impinges, on the front of the airfoil surface and splits. Some air goes over and some under. Another stagnation point exists at B, where the two airstreams rejoin and resume at identical velocities. When viewed from the side, an upwash is created ahead of the airfoil and downwash at the rear. In the case of figure 3-4, the highest velocity is at the top of the airfoil with the lowest velocity at the bottom. Because these velocities are associated with an object, in this case, an airfoil, they are called local velocities as they do not exist outside the lift-producing system, in this case, an airfoil. This concept can be readily applied to a wing or other lifting surface. Because there is a difference of velocity above and below the wing, the result is a higher pressure at the bottom of the wing and a lower pressure on the top of the wing. This low pressure area produces an upward force known as the Magnus effect. The physical phenomenon whereby an object's rotation affects its path through a fluid to include air. Two early aerodynamicists 
Martin Kutta, and Nikolai Zhukowski. Eventually measured and calculated the forces for the lift equation on a rotating cylinder. The kutta zhukowski theorem. To summarize the Magnus effect, an airfoil with a positive angle of attack, AOA, develops air circulation about the upper surface of the wing. Its sharp trailing edges forces the rear stagnation point to be aft of the trailing edge, while the front stagnation point falls below the leading edge. See figure 3-4. Bernoulli's Principles of Differential Pressure A half-century after Newton formulated his laws, Daniel Bernoulli, a Swiss mathematician, explained how the pressure of a moving fluid, liquid or gas, varies with its speed of motion. Bernoulli's principle states that as the velocity of a moving fluid, liquid or gas, increases, the pressure within the fluid decreases. This principle explains what happens to air passing over the curved top of the airplane wing. A practical application of Bernoulli's principle is the Venturi tube. The Venturi tube has an air inlet that narrows to a throat, constricted point, and an outlet section that increases in diameter toward the rear. The diameter of the outlet is the same as that of the inlet. At the throat, the airflow speeds up and the pressure decreases. At the outlet, the airflow slows and the pressure increases. See figure 3-5. Since air is recognized as a body and it is accepted that it must follow the above laws, one can begin to see how and why an airplane wing develops lift. As the wing moves through the air, the flow of air across the curved top surface increases in velocity, creating a low-pressure area. Although Newton, Magnus, Bernoulli, and hundreds of other early scientists who studied the physical laws of the universe did not have the sophisticated laboratories available today, they provided great insight to the contemporary viewpoint of how lift is created. End of part one of chapter three.